Welcome into the 30 Minutes of Hell podcast brought to you by Field of 68 Network. I've got with me the man, the myth, the legend, the greatest owner of collectibles, or the owner of the greatest, or the greatest owner of the greatest collectibles of all times. We'll get into that shortly. It is the head women's basketball coach. At the University of Arkansas, Mike Neighbors joins me. Coach, how you doing? Man, that's the only thing I'm the greatest at anything. I appreciate you finding something that I am good at and, and giving me giving me a, a sense of pride to get started. I'm doing great, man. How about you, Pat? Good, good. I'd like to tell you it didn't take me long to find some, Coach, but I've been thinking all morning, <laughs> but all morning. Nah. <laughs> uh, that was uh, easy. That, that, that was easy. So, Right now, I love having you on as we sit today. Uh, you guys are coming off a great win at Missouri. Great victory at Missouri. How are you feeling right now as we sit about your season? Scared to death. I mean, just <laughs> that, you know, it's, it's that time of the year where, you know, everything magnifies, you know, every yeah. possession, every pass, all that stuff. Because, you know, you try to you try to insulate yourself and your team from expectations of the postseason, but you can't these days. It's too apparent. It's everywhere. It's on them. So, you know, you 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 live and die with every pass, every every made or missed shot. So, but I love our team. Uh, I, I set very confident, very happy with where we're at. Uh, I love our locker room right now. So, you know, and it's easy when you're coming off two wins, one at the buzzer last week and then the road uh, against Auburn and then the road game yesterday where we have a great second half. So I, I showed up to work early. Uh, we're <laughs> off today. So, uh, man, it couldn't be better to be able to join you. Well, I appreciate it. So how how is that different? Right now you guys 16 and 8. Yep. You are uh, 6 and 5 in conference. Uh, Two-game winning streak, like you mentioned. It's uh, mid-February, so the grind from a coach's standpoint, what is the most difficult part of the season? I'm talking right now. Yeah. Let's take it. Let's take it like from when you know, not the off season or anything. But when do you feel it's most challenging to to do your job? Right now and right when it starts. So like the first day, because you are so uncertain. You you have all that. You have a year to build up what you think. And right. then that first practice, you're like, oh, that's not what I thought. And, and then you got this stretch of games, you know, where you go, especially with this young team that we have, a lot of freshmen, a lot of first-year people in the program and everybody new in, the, in their roles. And then now you, you kind of – you think you know some things and, and you can get, you know, some bias because of that and you, and you start getting – you be fooled by randomness a little bit. So right. I think the very first and then the right now is you're going into that stretch run because – you know, I'm at that point as a coach where I'm teetering on, you know, I'm sitting here debating, is practice going to be 50 minutes or an hour? And wow. it's, I mean, it's got to be quick. Pat, yeah. We play 11, we play, we could potentially play 11 games in the next 21 days. Wow. We could, That's and cool. we are for sure, are for sure going to play six games in the next 11. So, you know, you can't do a whole lot on in practice. So, you know, as right. a coach, you get worried. You're like, do I have them prepared? But the players are prepared. You're at that point where if it has not become a player-led team, then we've probably yeah. failed them. So right. it's scary. It's scary to let that go and go, all right, what do you, th you know, what do y'all think? Uh, right. We're there. Uh, fortunately, I got a great senior that can help us, but 
man, it's uh, it. I think this is the scariest time of the year. So, well, I was having this conversation with one of my former teammates about one of our seasons. Uh, I was '98, and we peaked too early. Yeah, like I mean, it was just it was apparent by the time we got to the tournament. You know, as Coach Richardson put it, y'all don't petered out. You don't petered out. Yeah, like, I can hear him saying it. And and so how do you – do you plan on – and then listening to him talk about that season, I don't know if, if I heard him, if he meant to say this, but it, he said we didn't have the kind of talent like other years, so I had to get them at their peak earlier to get wins during the regular season and stuff like that. So how – like, is that a balance you think about? Yes, you have to, uh, because you do need to be playing your best when it means the most. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. So you, you, you want to be that way as a coach. And, and then, Pat, I'll throw this at you. Like, you know, this is my 22nd year in college, in college sports, and I think I, the teams I've been a part of because of the coaches I worked for, we've always played best this time of the year. Until last year, we petered out. <laughs> we peaked too early. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you the thing that none of us, we've none of us had the experience of dealing with a, a pandemic. Right. Yeah. That's, that was yeah. like, I, I think we had a pretty good formula. I'll be, I thought we had that formula down. I knew how long, when to start pulling practice back, when to push them, you know, using the jockey and out, when to go to the hip whip and when to pull the rain. I, we, we had a pretty good feel for 22 years of that. I yeah. haven't seen it done and make, made a ton of mistakes along the way. I made so many mistakes, but learn from them. Well, then last year you get to this, well, we're all in the same boat. None of us knew how to deal with the pandemic issues. Right. And I think we're still kind of there a little bit. You know, not everybody's schedule has – not everybody's played the same number of games and they haven't had the same condensed schedule because a lot of people have been on breaks and some people haven't. So it's it's uh, it's new for everybody. I, I mean, Coach Krzyzewski's dealing with the pandemic for the first time just like Mike Neighbors is. Yeah, right. He's right. got no more experience. I, I couldn't call Gary Blair and say, hey, coach, you know, the last time there was a pandemic, what'd you do? <laughs> I mean, although he's the closest coach yeah, I know I was to alive to, oh. during that time, he's the, I told him that. So he's the closest one to being alive during the Spanish flu. But um, <laughs> it, uh, I think you combine those two things. I think it's really hard. But I, I yeah. think it varies year after year, too. It's It's a different team. Every day, every year, uh, and, and the personalities, one personality can affect it. So, but Coach Richardson was, he was ahead of the game when he, he started talking about that. He always had you guys, I think, when it came March, nobody wanted to see Arkansas on that line. But I know exactly what you're talking about. You can sense it and you can feel it. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know where we're at with this team, but I know what we're going to try. I know what <laughs> we're going to try to do, and I believe in it. And I think our kids believe in what we believe in, but. You, you'll look back on it and you'll always second guess yourself some, but it's a, it's a time of the year when every coach in, of any team has, has got that thought in their head. Yeah. So you go to sweet 16, take Washington's uh, through the final four in yeah. 2015, 16, right? The yeah, 16 final right. four. That's right. What is that from like, how does that change you from a coach? It's like, like the people look, must look at you different. Do you feel uh, oh, how, how like what changes from that moment on? I, I got invited to speak at a few more clinics, you know. It's all <laughs> you know, they they always when you win, they want you to come to the yeah. clinics. And then the next year I came back here and we went we went finished last in the SEC or next last. I didn't get invites that summer, but <laughs> um 
No, I, I hope I've stayed the same guy because it is such a um, such a hard thing to do. It to is. That last weekend. Uh, and you and, were with Arkansas when they went 98, right? I was, I was still a high school coach in Bentonville. It was the next year I came with Coach Blair, the year after the Final Four. Okay. Yeah. So I missed it by a year, but um, got, got a chance to, you know, be around people that have been in them. I tell you how it changes you is once you see what it's like to be there, you want your kids from every team to experience it because it is a magical uh, time, uh, just the way that, uh, the way that you, it makes you feel, the things you get to do, the people you get to meet. Um, so it makes it a challenge. It makes it something you, you know, you want to get every team to experience. You, you do have to cherish it. You know, in our, in our current state of women's basketball, there's usually only maybe one or two spots open each year. You know what I mean? Cause you got your Yukons or you've got your South Carolinas or your Baylors, you know, South, you know, Yukon has been to like 17 straight final fours. Yes. I mean, it's, it's sick. You always so take, like, you take it for granted. Yeah. Like, so it's like, yeah, it's news when they're not in the top 10. So like, you know, there's, it's a little different for us. It's really, really hard to get there. So you appreciate how magical it is and how special that team was that pulled it off. Uh, but it just drives you this thirst to get back there and experience it again once you have, because uh, it, it's truly the pinnacle of what we do in, in sports with our student athletes. You can have a great year. You can create a lot of memories. Some of the my favorite, my fondest teams will be teams that won't have played in the Final Four, but that is special, uh, and and it's something that no matter you know how how many if you ever go back to one any more at all, you've always had that experience to talk about. Coach, you got the you got the Final Four ring. It's part of your collectibles, man. Right over <laughs> there, baby. It's right behind me. I, I don't let it get too far out of sight. <laughs> Flash that thing every once in a while and, on the you know on the I, Cruton Trail. I, I, you know, you've been to the house. You know, I, I, I like people to organically find stuff. Like, what is this? Is yeah. that what I think it, you want? You kind of want that pop. So I try not to, I try not to put it too in the forefront. But if, if the right person walked through, I, I might kind of nudge them in that direction. Coach, one of the things, and you started obviously as a high school coach. You mentioned you were at Bentonville. You're from Greenwood. Yep. Bentonville High School. Um, Robin Alpe. Remember yeah. Robin? Alpe? I know she was Robin up there. Very well. She was on the hill, and uh, oh, I, yeah. my good buddy Guy Whitney was at uh, Bentonville High School uh, wow. at that time too. You you don't know this about me. I coached Guy Whitney in high school. Did you? My first job was the J the JV boys coach for the Bentonville High School team, and I he wasn't on the JV. He was <laughs> on the varsity, but I was doing my student teaching, and, and Guy Whitney was a senior. Uh, with oh, Coach wow. Boyd Shelton. Yeah. So I, I, Guy and I played pickup for a. I, I used to be able. To, back in the day, I could hold my own in those pickup games. But yeah, <laughs> I coached Guy for a year, and Robin, Robin was actually uh, the year I was doing my student teaching. She was on the girls' team, and I still see Robin and her her mom yeah. and dad, uh, Dick and Gloria, all the time. Yeah, that was, that was it was fun. Guy introduced me to the fabric of Arkansas. There you go. Because he he would take me. You know, his father was a preacher and yep. take me back to the church and taught me all the things about, you know, sweet tea and cornbread, all those good Southern things that 
I had no idea about Coach, okay? Oh, no. You, you got a good one when you landed with him. I love watching old videos y'all post every now and then, uh, sitting around the hotel rooms and stuff. And Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, uh, Those are the you times know, you remember. You know how yeah. it is, Coach. Well, I was, you know, I was a student here, 93 through 96. Uh, I, much like you, uh, my degree is a couple years after my graduation year. <laughs> we got that in common, too. Uh, so... Uh, you know, I, I got a chance to be here and, and be at a, a, a number of your games. And, uh, you know, now to uh, to look back on those moments, as a, those were some really special times y'all created. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. And so you have, I, I think, just knocked it out of the park when it's come to recruiting when you first got on campus. Uh, obviously, you had a, a relationship with Chelsea Dungey before, right? And, and yeah, then she a little bit. Yeah. I'd recruited so, her and, and known her and, and, you know, we, we played them in the NCAA tournament when she was in Oklahoma and I was at Washington and she hung 20 on us. Uh, it, and I, I gave, this was before those days of the transfer portal. And I just, I kind of gave her a little pat on the back and I was like, whoo, man, you were doing <laughs> guards here or something, you know? And then a couple of weeks later, here I was, it was kind of yeah. worked out good. Yeah. And, and you've done it again with, um, Sasha Goforth and of course, um, Jersey Wolfenbarger. Yeah. Now, high school basketball, girls' high school basketball. I believe it or not, coached a, a Bryant High School girls' summer summer league team. Mm -hmm. um, this was, whew, you know, maybe 15 years ago, 20 years ago. But it seems that the high school basketball is important for you in recruiting. Arkansas high school basketball has got to be good, right? It, it, oh, it, yeah. It, it seems like there's more names, that better talent that's coming out of the Arkansas high schools, which is ultimately is going to affect your program. You're right. You know, it, it was for a while there. It was at every five-year cycle in Arkansas. You'd have a kid every five years. You know, it kind of started with Shamika, you know, and then we had Shakina Strickland, and then you had, you know, Tyler Scave. It was an every five-year deal for a while. Right. Well, then – it, it kind of made a little twist. Our grassroots programs got the summer and the high school coaches kind of got together and realized that as a small mm -hmm. state, man, you got to get along. Yeah. You can't be, you mm -hmm. can't just, you can't fight over kids. You can't be in conflict. And once that started, you know, a guy named Scott Lux down in Little Rock, who's not in it anymore, yeah. got that started. I know Scott. Yeah. You know, Scott. Yeah. And it, then it turned. And if you put up per capita, population versus impact division one players, Arkansas holds their own. And Absolutely. I can tell you this, I'm, you know, I, I, we had a good thing going at Washington. And if that, if that had not been the case, if it didn't look like there was going to be enough talent in Arkansas, I'm not so sure, even though it was my dream job, right? even though it was, because I didn't want to come back here and not be able to do the job. Right. I didn't want to be that guy that was just got the job because he was an alumni. And then, Four or five years later, they're going, oh, man, he's really nice, but, uh, <laughs> you know, he couldn't do it. Well, right. you can't do it if you can't recruit. Bottom line, no matter how good you coach or how whatever, it, how many relationships you have, you got to get you got to get the right players. So when you looked at it, there was a kid every year that was an impact, SEC impact kid, mm -hmm. for like the next six years. And I was like, man, if we could just get half of those kids to stop yeah. going to Tennessee and Rutgers – yeah. The places that they had been going. We got here too late to get in on Kristen Williams. I tried yeah. like I tried like hell, man. I tried. I, yeah. I tried. Uh, <laughs> but it was too late. It was and, and I don't she was she did she made the right decision. 
But those next five classes, you know, up to the one we just, the one I can talk about, Jersey and Merriam, you, you had potential oh, yeah. that all Americans. We're not, yeah. I mean, we're not talking about, I didn't have to, con- I had, we had to beat UConn and Notre, I would go to Northside and I would sit right in between Gino and Muffet. And, you know, because I had so many friends in Fort Smith, I'd always get the call and say, hey, uh, just so you know, Kim Mulkey's going to be here tonight. Yeah. So I'd have, I'd have to change my plans. And I'd always make sure I sat right there by. But, yeah, to your point, Arkansas is over is overlooked a lot of times on boys and girls, but yeah. specifically girls when it comes to recruiting. How do you like having Kim Mulkey in the league? Oh, I love it. She's, she's awesome. great, man. She's, she's great. She's, She's great. She, she, she's, um, you know, she's really nice when she beats you, you know, when you, when you start getting on the other side of that, it changes a little bit. You get the stare, but uh, listen, uh, were you surprised that she took took that to that took the LSU job? I know she's from Louisiana, right? Yeah, but not really. I mean, she'd done so many great things where she was at. If you know her, I think she's always had that drive to, uh, continue to do. And she's done, you know, you stacked her resume up against everybody's and you just yeah. take it to the fact she's only been doing this for 20 years and she's, she's gotta be in the conversation for one of the best ever. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're going to be losing coach Blair, you know, to retirement. Yeah. So we needed a, we needed an icon, you know, to come in and replace cause you know, guys like me don't, don't, don't bring that profile to the league. Like a Kim Mulkey does. Coach, so. you can't pull off that. Pink. No. No studded jacket that she no, that pulled not off even the close. <laughs> no, I, I was teasing her when she came in here. She she had on a parka, and uh, I was whistling the theme from Good, Bad, and the Ugly because she looked like Clint Eastwood rolling in the you know, you know, but no, she's awesome. She's so yeah. uh, listen, people got her, you know, sometimes they watch a 10 second clip and they think they know somebody. Right, right. You, she will say whatever, man. She will say whatever, whenever, and she does not care what you think about it. That's if it's that what she awesome. feels, she's saying it. So she's I saying. respect that about her. I uh, hope someday that you know I, I can speak as freely sometimes without care of what I say that she does. But uh, now she's great for our league. She's great for the game in general. It just makes our it, it makes you run faster every morning when you wake up. That's, that's right. You walk in that head coach's meeting room in, in Destin, you look around, and it's there's a lot of Hall of Famers in there, and I'm not one of them. So you know you got to be working every day. <laughs> Before we move on, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up for Bet Rivers yet, now is the time because they are offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. With their rush pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, it's more secure, and it's more reliable. Now that basketball season is tipping off, get in on the action at betrivers.com today or by downloading the BetRivers iOS app. You must be 21 years or older. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And while I got you here, Let's talk about the Field of 68 Media Network, where college basketball matters most all year round. This is a digital media and podcast network that we've been building over the course of the last year. We have shows hosted by some of your favorite players covering the program that they love the most. A.J. Guyton hosts the House of Hoosier. Eric Devendorf covers Syracuse on the scorer's table. Dan Dickow hosts the Gonzaga Bulldog broadcast. We have Florida's Patrick Young. 
and Duke's Andre Dawkins, and North Carolina's Shimon Williams, and Michigan's Stu Douglas, and Illinois' Deion Thomas. The list goes on and on and on. We have more than 30 shows right now. So hit the links below and check them all out. And while you're at it, make sure that you go check out the Field of 12 Media Network, your home for college football. You mentioned uh, Gary Blair, coaches um, retiring. What was some of the more important things you learned from him on and off? The the most important thing that I've I've tried to take is that pick up a broom. Mm. You know, that's don't no no job is too small. You know, when, when I first got here, I literally was his diet Coke guy. That was that was my first duty. He said, I said, what can I, what can I? he goes, you know what? He goes, I, I, I need a Diet Coke. I said, great. You want it in a can? You want it in a cup? You want Sonic ice? Do you want Charlie's chicken ice? Do you want, you want it from Loaf and Joe's? So I, I knocked out being the Diet Coke guy, you know, right. until it was time to be the driving to the gym guy, till, till it was time to be help Vic with scouting guy and help Kelly with recruiting guy. So don't be a, every job's important, you know, when it comes to working with these student athletes at this level. And then it's got to be done at a level of excellence. You know, it's not just go get me the closest Diet Coke you can find. It's go get it with the Sonic ice out of a can into a Styrofoam cup. That's the <laughs> SEC way. So that that was probably as far as professionally goes. But then just the way he made people feel and makes to people feel to this day, yeah. um, he makes he- everybody a- feel important. Isn't a unique skill some people have? And, and it's tough to explain where you they they are able to get you to feel like they know you so yeah. well immediately. It's it's well, an unreal skill, like what he how he does that. I, I I think I think it's trivializing it by saying it's 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 instinct. It's not. He works at that. Mm. You have to work at it. I don't think anybody's blessed with it. I don't think anybody just has it in their DNA. I think you have to work at it. I, yeah. I, I'm not trivial. I'm not going to downplay it. I'm telling you, I'm not telling you I'm near as good at it as I want to be. But to remember names and remember where you met people, you have to be consciously taking mental notes. And when you meet the number of people he's met, uh, it, it, it takes a lot of work to do that. And it's, this is the other thing it is. It's exhausting. <laughs> Walk through, walk through a restaurant with Gary Blair in College Station oh. and watch how many people stop him before he gets to his table. It, it's, an, it's unbelievable. Hey, Coach, how you doing? And he makes everybody feel exactly like we're talking about. Yeah. And I've been over there sitting at the table. I've ordered his sweet tea because I know how he, he <laughs> likes his ice. I know what order he's going to get. And he comes down, and he's worn out, man. Yeah. He's like, can I just eat? But he never makes those people feel like, I just want to eat a sandwich. Right. So I think it's a skill. I think it's exhausting. Uh, I admire him. I try to emulate him. I know I'm not near as good at it as he is. But to me, that's what makes this game what it is, is the relationships, yeah. you know, and how they come about. And as many times as I watched you play basketball and, and pull for you and cheer for you and cry when you lost and, be pissed off when they didn't call fouls, when you obviously got fouled. Um, I'm going to remember our time we spent down there in Charlotte hanging out. Yeah, right, right. I remember right. that way more than any of your 1,735 points or how many ever you scored. <laughs> I will remember those times. And that's what I think sport is about. 
Uh, and I, I do think it's something you've got to consciously decide you're going to try to be better at every single day. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that. And you you are similar to him. I think that's why you knock it out the park recruiting. Um, you're on top of everything you do work at. And it, it, you make an impact on people. And I think that's, you know what I'm saying? They, they, but it's, it's when somebody meets you and when I talk to you, I feel you make me feel like I've made an impact on you. And that part is is important too. It's not just another handshake. It's not just another conversation you're having. You give the impression that you're actually listening to. And it becomes genuine. It doesn't become a game. It, It becomes a genuine thing when you do it that way. If, right. if you pull the, oh, oh hey, yeah, nice to see you instead of nice to meet you. Well, you learn that in etiquette 101. So, you know, you don't say nice to meet you, and they go, oh, well, we met 10 times. If you <laughs> say, hey, nice to see you again, you got it covered. That That's tricking people. You right. know, that, that's tricking people. But if it, it, it becomes genuine, and to me, again, that's what sport is about. And, and yeah, wins and championships and – rings and all that stuff those those help keep it but but man that stuff fades away and it's the relationships that it, it sounds cliche in a, a world that's full of cliches but i wouldn't do this job i wouldn't do this job without those moments those you texts you get when you coach lose. It, right no I mean, well it's a people business like you 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 go crazy. I mean, you got to just... win every game if you're going to do it like that. And that's why I think <laughs> some coaches burn out. Yeah. I, yeah. I really do. I think some coaches burn out because they, they, they confuse being competitive with being an asshole. Can I say right. asshole? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and there's a difference between those things. Being yeah. competitive and, and being a jerk, two different things. Yeah. So, like – if you're going to, if you're going to be a jerk, you've got to win every single game. Cause if you go something and won that one time, everybody's at you. man. Oh yeah. Everybody's at you. So you've got to respect each other. You got to respect the jobs they're doing. Now there's some people that don't deserve respect. I get that. I've learned that. I, I don't, there, there are people that you can't waste your time on trying to build a relationship with mm. you try, but until a certain point, then, you know, you got to quit. You know, right. that quitters never win is something we all grow up in sports hearing. And man, it's just not true. You got to quit sometimes. You got to move on. This is, this relationship is toxic for me. This mm. relate, this, this causes toxic situations. I got to quit this one. So uh, with all that going, I, I mean, that's why I think makes you be able to get up when you win and get up when you lose tweet when, when you, you win tweet, when you lose, right. you know, not if, if it's only, if you're only in a good mood, you know, the other filter I use is this. Yeah, I sit on that front seat like most head coaches do on the bus. Right. And if, if you're going to put a camera on me every time after a game, I don't want you to be able to tell whether it was a win or a loss. Mm. When you come up those three steps, I treat I try to treat you the same way as if you hit the game winner or missed the game winner. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not doing that, then I'm too far in my feelings and I've made it too much about how I feel. Um, if and if you treat me differently coming up those steps, I don't want you getting on our bus. Right, right. You know, I got that. I got that little. I got that little nineteen-month-old sitting there with me now. A lot of times, Pat, and he's dabbing everybody. 
you know, where right. they walk by and he doesn't know whether you won or lost. He doesn't know the score. Hey, and if you if you're in a if you're in a bad mood because something happened and you don't dab him, he looks at me and this happened. This happened two weeks ago. Uh, he didn't get a dab. He looked at me like, "What I do wrong?" Uh-huh. I, I told the kid, I said, "I don't care what you do to me, but you dab my kid next time." She was <laughs> like, "I didn't even know," you know. So anyway, to your point, yeah, you can't you can't be that way and enjoy your enjoy what we do. Uh, a couple more things. Yeah. What have you learned about um, going to the quarters versus the halves? Four quarters yeah. instead of the halves. What are the, the, the pros and cons, if there is any cons on it? Well, I, I don't know any cons, certainly from a coaching standpoint. It gives us two more opportunities to use two-for-ones. Mm. <laughs> and we we use three-for-twos. Like we did it last night against Missouri. You know, we're down 11 with six minutes to play. And we started going three for twos. I mean, we started going quick. Or we call it right. real quick. Get a shot within the first 10 seconds of the shot clock. So I, I think it brings in more um, more tactics. Yeah. More strategies. For end of quarter yeah. situations. And, yeah. yeah. And it gives you a chance. You know, I, I do think, you know, obviously, too, like if you've got a foul to give, Knowing that and being able to utilize that foul to keep a team from scoring two points at the end of the second quarter, mm. you know, that's the same value as not stop, as stopping them on the last possession of the game in a one-point game. It's the same. Right. So I, I love that aspect of it. I, I think, too, it has um, – it, it for us in women's basketball, we don't have a roster depth that allows you to go more than eight or nine deep most teams. If you look at the top 25 teams, they're playing seven or eight. Mm. So it gives us an extra break that we need to keep yeah. our best players, and which I think improves the product of our sport. I think that, I think our game is a lot more watchable because we've we've improved our product over the last twenty five years. Absolutely, that, that I've been in it, it's so watchable. It can be entertaining now. It used to it was about engagement, but it's been entertaining now as well. And I think that brings that into it. Um, so. I think anything that improves the quality of the game and, and, and gives the better team the best chance to win more often through tactics and right. strategies is really good for the game. I do wish we would go back to the one-and-ones. See, we don't have one-and-one one in our game. Oh, okay. Everything's two shots. Every Shooting fouls, two shots. Every foul after five is two shots. So, you know, you get a seven- or eight-point lead, you're, you're pretty comfortable. Right. Whereas in the day, you wouldn't because you, you get a bad free-throw shooter out there. That could, you know, there's really no, no such thing as hack a shack with us because you get two every time. Right, right. You get comfortable. Miss the first one, get comfortable. That's right. Down. That, that's right. Yeah. So anyway, I wish we would go back. Maybe even if, if we just did it in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You know, it was one and one from for five, six, and seven, and then maybe a shoot double bonus on eight. I don't know, but I, I love that. I love that women's game was the first to go to that, and that, that we were also the first to start at dancing the ball. Uh, after mm. a time, you know, inside yeah. a minute, you know, we can advance it up the side under a minute. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm thankful that we have, we have got on the front end of some of these things. Cause I do think both of those things, I think they'll eventually work their way into the men's game. Yeah. Both those things, visible. It just, it, it helps the game. I mean, it just makes it watchable, man. It makes it interesting. Yeah. You don't, you don't tune out. You don't tune out on a seven point game with a minute. You never know anymore, you know? Right. Right. All right. So here it is coach. Yeah, now, I wanted to make sure that when I talked to you, I was here. Not I wasn't on the road. I was. I yeah. Was home to show you some of 
you have I know you have the greatest collectibles. And for those I've, listening, I've now, he has the greatest movie collection of all time, the greatest <laughs> tape collection of all time. Some you he has Bob Cousy's sneakers. Yep. Uh, among other things, so I'm just going to show you, and then I want to tell. I want you to tell us your most valuable. All right. This is the real brick Woo. from the Boston Garden. You know who got it for me, Guy Whitney. Guy Whitney got you that. When he was someone. He was living up here, and when they knocked down the old Boston Garden, part of the garden, he he went and stole a brick for me. Well, that's that sentimental, valuable, and personal. That's the trifecta of a great <laughs> gift. It doesn't surprise me that that, that that came from Guy. And this this is a shooting shirt yep. from 1998. Got you. Now, I was smart enough to steal someone else's Who's and not get? mine. So, so it was uh, – I won't say whose it is. It doesn't oh. have a number on it. I got you. I'm fair enough. Fair enough. But, the thing, but, but so when the managers were collecting them uh -huh. all, mine oh, was yeah. still – I like it. It was. If, that's one of my favorite hogs too. That, that other than the slobbering hog, the one on your shirt, the the, eight, the jumping through oh, the yeah. logo, that that's right there with my top ones. And then of course my old weight belt. Raise yeah, it back. sure. You gotta have that from the old weight room. Yeah, no, that's that is cool. The old belt, man, the best in the business. Well, so what is all? Uh, what 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 are the biggest hits in your collection? Now, the people don't realize this is. I'm serious. You have. <laughs> I got a lot of stuff. But you love collecting things, I do. right? Yeah. What, what do you look for when you start collecting items, whether it is Bob Cousy sneakers or a very rare um, other item that I, I mean, I, yeah. I was. I was it, it's got to be, it's got to mean something to me. Right. Like, I, I don't care what the value of it is. It's the value to me. Like, you know, if it happens to have monetary value, that's a bonus. Okay but I am all about the story behind why is that sitting on your shelf? Right. Why, why is that there? You know? So like, I, you know, you, you mentioned it nice. I appreciate you not bringing it up without me bringing it up, but I collect bourbon too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I have got a brick. And since you brought the brick out, I've got a brick from the old Weller Steitzel, this uh, distillery where they brew Pappy Van Winkle back in the day. The original oh, wow. Pappy. It's and there's only a certain number of those too, uh, but that 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 makes me think of that. But um, you know, it, it's little things for me. Um, it, it's you know, I've got a picture of my daughter from her wedding that'll always be because it's sentimental to me. Right, right, right. Uh, I do have a very famous neck brace uh, from <laughs> Arkansas history. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. You've seen it. You may have wore it that night. Uh, I have, I've acquired a couple of other pieces, uh, that are Razorback, very, very specific, but I, I do have to bring this up. I am pretty sure I am the only person in Arkansas in existence with a Pat Bradley frame Jersey and you're playing defense in it. You are in a stance. I don't know. I don't know if it was from pregame warmup or, or what, but, uh, I, I got that. But this is the other thing. I just completed my collection. I'll tell you this. You haven't seen this yet, but I started collecting. I've got a 19. Now, listen very closely when I say this. I've got a 1995 Razorback National Championship jacket. Ooh. That didn't happen. Oh. They lost, they lost in 95. Wow. So it was one of the jackets that was in the locker room. 
prior to the game ending that when they they have to take out. Wow. Well, they usually they usually destroy those or send them to a, another part of the world that they will never be seen again. Well, I got one. It says back-to-back <laughs> national champions, 94-95. So I've now got the hat, a T-shirt, and the jacket. So wow. I think I've got the, the – the, the holy trinity of Razorback 95 national championship gear that didn't happen. That's that, amazing. So, that, like, I, I kind of like the macabre. I, I do I do tend to want to go toward that. Is that what I think it is? Is that, like, I don't, right. I don't tell everybody, but somebody will know. Like, Matt Zimmerman was the first one to notice it. He went, hey, man, we didn't win it in 95, you know. <laughs> we, 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 we won it in 94. We didn't win it in 95. You know, so to get that reaction from Zim, that's what yeah. I like. That's what I like our collection. And I'll put, like you saw when you came out, you know, I'll put the Bob Cousy shoes up next to my bourbon. So right, it's right. like, hey, why are those there? And then, right. I don't know. It's it's, it's fun, about man. the story. It's about the hunt. It's about who you were with when you found it. Uh, you know, and, and I, I don't, I, everybody asks me, why do you collect? And I, I think it's just because so many of my childhood memories revolved around little items that weren't yeah. expensive. Like we, we didn't have a lot of money, had what we needed. My, I was raised by a single mom. So we had everything we needed, but like my first pair of OG Jordans, I still have. Yeah. So I 85, you've seen them. I've got my, both one, the one, the, the both the blue and the black. So like those were, I've kept those all these years because, um, you know, it means something to me. Right. So, and I hope, you know, I'm not, I don't, I hope, I hope this, I hope my kids don't collect as many things as I do, but I hope they have the appreciation for things, you know, right. that, that uh, the journey along the way, the things that matter, you know, that, that to me, like I'm just sitting here and this, this comes up. I've got this, this folder has been with me, you know, since day one, it's 30 wow. years old. So like just stuff like that, you know, that, that keeps you grounded yeah. Um, and, and tells a story. That's like, I, I like stories, man. Well, I appreciate the fact that you have kept all these things because even though they're not mine, yeah, I can relate sure. to those old pair of sneakers that you used to wear yeah. or, you know, the Nintendo video game that you collect that you, you know, unfortunately my brother sold ours. Yeah to try to make a little extra cash one oh, summer yeah. or I still have it, but <laughs> I think you only got 20 bucks for it. But I, I believe you do that. Believe me, there's things that I, I pawn too in college, man. I'm just like any other college student. I needed money to go to Doc Murdoch's and, uh, <laughs> and you know, the pleasure dome. I needed, I needed 20 bucks to go. I had to sell my lunchbox collection off, uh, you know, different <laughs> collections and there's things that's I wish I still had for sure. But that's, that's why to this day, you know, my, my new wife, JC, she hates it, but I don't throw anything out. She thinks I do, but I put them in a box and I, I keep them in the attic, man. It's good. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's stuff up there that uh, someday when, when I'm gone, they're going to be going through and they're just going to shake their heads at, man. Yeah, he told me to this up. Coach, <laughs> I think yeah. um, congratulations on the family. Thanks, man. Uh, beautiful kids, beautiful wife. Uh, you guys are rolling right now with the hogs. Thank you for taking time. I know it's in season, but I will come down there and see you guys soon. We'll go I ahead. I can't wait, brother. You know you're welcome here anytime, brother. All right. Thanks, Coach. I appreciate you. You got it, man. All right.